Welcome back to the Gridiron Authority Podcast. My name is Keith Thornton. With me, as always, my co-host, Mike Adams. Mike, what's up? Oh, not much. We got a lot to cover this week. We got the Chiefs signing a 2019 first-round draft pick. We got a surging Dolphins team, a Saints team that's looking like they're in trouble, and Teddy Bridgewater with another leg injury. Uh, So a lot to cover. All right, let's dive in. All right, let's get started with our recaps here. Let's start with the Thursday night game, Colts beating the Titans. Um, you know, the Titans, they look kind of struggling, but at the same time, they've lost to a lot of really good teams. So what do you think of this game? I mean, this was a, a big statement game for the the Colts, honestly. Um, uh, I know you've been pretty critical of them. I've been critical of them at certain points. I think this was actually one of the few games I've picked against them, honestly. If I remember right, I think I picked the Titans to win this one. Um but they came out and, I mean, they just dominated this game in, in every aspect. I mean, the first half, the Titans kept it pretty close. But once the, the second half came around, uh, the Colts outscored them 21 nothing in the second half, uh, which is unusual for a Phillip Rivers team because, you know, we've we've talked about over the years that, you know, Phillip Rivers tends to struggle in the second half. So, um, I mean, he came out, made some great plays. They ran the ball pretty well. Michael Pittman Jr. had 100 yards receiving. Uh, defense played phenomenal. Uh, they kept Derrick Henry in check. I, I want to say, I don't want to say they shut him down because he still had a hundred yards, but uh, they kept him in check. Um, again, the defense made some really great plays the offense. I mean, put up 34 points without doing anything spectacular, honestly. I mean, they just played a nice clean game and they were able to make the plays that they needed to make and, and create the separation with the Titans. And, and uh, again, I mean, it, this was a huge statement game for him. Yeah, to me, it's almost like the Chiefs game a couple weeks back. Like there was nothing flashy early about this game from Philip Rivers, only threw one touchdown, but they did enough on all phases of the the game to win it. And to me, that's if you're going to contend for a playoff spot, that's what you got to do. Yeah, especially when you're playing in the in the AFC South with a team like the Titans, um, and if you meet a team in the you know like the NFC North with uh, with Pittsburgh or or Baltimore or even Cleveland, if they make it. Uh, I mean, you just need to play a clean game. You don't have to be flashy. Just play a clean game. You know, you have a phenomenal defense. You have a great offensive line. Let your defense uh, control the game. Let the defense put you in position to make some plays. And then when you have the, you know, the opportunity, just make those plays. But don't try and do anything more than that. Uh, And I think if they can do that, they're, they're heading in the right direction. Absolutely. And it's going to be, we'll reference it several times throughout this episode, but the AFC playoff race is already, even at the midway point, looking insane. Um, Even when you look at this next game, Texans and Browns, Browns pull out the win. You know, the Browns are tied with the Ravens and only, you know, they're, they got their ways back, three games back from the Steelers, but that's going to be a tight matchup to see who makes the playoffs out of the Browns and the Ravens here, which is, you wouldn't think you would have ever been saying that at this point in the season, but it's come to fruition here. Yeah, I mean, and and we'll we'll talk about the Ravens a little more down the down the road, but uh, I mean, it was a win by the Browns, but again, it's kind of what I thought it would be. Um, without Odell Beckham, uh, they, you know, they really don't have much of a passing game. Uh, Baker Mayfield literally did nothing in this game. Um, they got Nick Chubb back. He ran for 126 yards and a touchdown. Uh, his play at the end of the game. Uh, not scoring the touchdown when he had it, um, you know, kind of sealed it. So it was a smart play by him. 
Um, the defense actually played really well. We've talked about their defense playing better this year. Miles Garrett's having a great season. Uh, they have that two-headed backfield monster with with Chubb and Kareem Hunt that they're going to have to rely on because right now they just don't have a passing game. It was a good win by them. Um, but again, I don't feel confident moving forward with this team, honestly. And it honestly should have been probably 17-7. Uh, Nick Chubb did the smart thing, busts off a big run for a touchdown, and right before he gets there, he steps out at the one to preserve the win, which is a, a smart play. But, you know, it's one of those things I was reading earlier. There's a really good chance that they have 2,000-yard running backs this year. Uh, Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb. It's going to be uh, hard to stop if, if they can keep that pace up. But you have to do kind of like what we looked at with the Colts. You need Baker Mayfield to not be throwing it 40 times a game. You need to have these running backs um, carrying the load for your team. This is the kind of game you need Baker Mayfield to have. 12 of 20, 132 yards. That's what he did this week. But – you had 19 carries each for your running backs, both of them over 100 yards. So um, I think they need to stick to that game plan, but they're going to be a little bit one-dimensional, kind of like the Titans. Uh, used to, were, I don't want to say they are this year because in the playoffs last year, if you stopped Derrick Henry, you pretty much beat the Titans. This year, Tannehill's playing a little bit better, but I think it's going to be real interesting to see how the Browns and Ravens season plays out, though. Yeah, absolutely. And, and and again, I think the the Browns, if they, they've got a solid defense, I don't want to say they have a great defense, but they've got a really solid defense. Uh, and they, they have these running backs that, I mean, between the two of them, like you said, they had 38 carries between the two of them. So if you're running the ball 40 times a game uh, and you're having an impact with those runs, you're actually having success with those runs. Uh, I mean, you can control the clock, keep your defense fresh. When Baker Mayfield needs to make a throw, he's got to have that ability to do it, but just keep it out of his hands as much as you can and, and just wear the other team down. And if they can do that, they have a, they have a good shot. Yeah. Let's talk about Bucks and Panthers. Uh, we we kind of knew that Tom Brady would rebound after that horrible Saints game. They came in there, um, you know, they played really well. And they're, they dominated the game. Teddy Bridgewater got knocked out of the game. What did you think of this one? Yeah, I mean, it's not surprising. Uh, the Panthers were missing Christian McCaffrey again this week. He, uh, we talked about it last week. He had that shoulder injury he suffered on the, the Dan Sorensen hit at the end. Um, likely to miss this next week. Uh, Bridgewater got knocked out, uh, knocked out of the game with a leg injury. Hopefully he's okay. I know he's still at this point uh, questionable to play this upcoming week. But, uh, I mean, the, the Buccaneers we knew were going to come in and, and have this type of game because this is what Tom Brady does. I mean, he has a bad game, and – the sky is falling and then he comes right back and, and just dominates a team. And uh, I mean, he threw for 340 yards, three touchdowns, Ronald Jones, 192 yards rushing. He had that 98 yard touchdown run. Um, I mean, they just look phenomenal from all aspects, all aspects, honestly. I mean, uh, Tom Brady distributed the ball. Well, the, the Bucks defense had a nice bounce back game and, and dominated uh, Ronald Jones again, ran, you know, ran for almost 200 yards. Uh, which is no small feat by any means. So, uh, I mean, it was a dominant win by the Buccaneers against a pretty depleted Panthers team. But still, they, you know, these are the games we talk about that when you, you should go in and win and you should win big, and that's what they did. And, and this is another. You always say top out playoff picture at midseason, but this is going to get interesting too because Bucks obviously have a solid team, but they can't beat the Saints. But then the Saints, obviously, we'll talk about Drew Brees' injury a little bit later, but. Um, it's going to be tight going down the road with these two teams. Yeah, absolutely. Um, another tight division race. I'm not sure why we're even talking about this, but the Giants beat the Eagles 27-17. Eagles still hold on to the division lead at 3-5-1 and one at this point in the season. What do you think? 
Yeah, I mean, it's uh, I mean, honestly the Giants are looking good. Um, the last two games, I mean, they've got two, they've got back to back wins, albeit against NFC East teams. Um, but again, Daniel Jones, you're starting to see him progress. You're starting to see these Giants receivers get a little bit better. Uh, the Giants still need to run the ball a little bit better, but the defense is playing well. I actually even started the Giants defense in one of uh, one of our fantasy leagues this last week. Um, so I mean, they're the the Giants are actually playing well. The Eagles, I, again, I mean, uh, I don't I don't even really know what to say. I mean, Carson Wentz, I don't know what's happened to him over the last couple of years, but I mean, this guy a few years ago looked like the future of the league, and now he looks like he honestly shouldn't be starting in the NFL. Uh, so, I mean, they've got to figure something out with this guy. Yeah. So here's a better question. Does anyone in this division hit seven wins this season? I don't know. I think that's the, I think that's the low bar. I think the Seahawks were seven and nine made the playoffs. I think that's the lowest anyone's ever hosted a playoff game at, at, and I'm not so sure looking at the schedules that, uh, so far it kind of looks like the only teams that can beat are each other in the NFC East, so it's going to be interesting to me to see whether anyone can get to that seven mark. Yeah, I mean it. I, yeah, it's hard. To, I want to say yes because they still have to. You know, most of them still have to play each other again. Um, but I mean, I don't. I don't know. There's there's aspects of all of these teams that I really like, um, but then there's also aspects of all of these teams that I really hate. I mean, Dallas had the great offense early on. Uh, and now they really have no offense, um, and their defense was terrible early on, and now their defense is starting to come around uh, and actually play pretty well. So it's you know they've kind of flipped right now. Um, the Giants again, their defense is playing well, and the offense is starting to catch up to them a little bit. Uh, if that continues to happen, I could see the Giants winning this division. Washington's got a solid defense um, with Alex Smith now. Their offense actually looked pretty good against the Lions this past week, and. He said back-to-back 300-yard games never happened in Alex Smith's career till now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and he threw for 390 yards this past week in a loss. But, I mean, he played a great – when you think about everything he's gone through to throw for almost 400 yards in your second start back, and I think his third game back overall, uh, it's it's impressive. And then the Eagles, I mean, the Eagles have spots where I say, okay, they've got some stuff going here, some stuff going here. But then there's a lot of spots where I say, oh, my God, this is one of the – I mean, they're on par with the Jets. Um, so it's kind of hard to gauge the Eagles, honestly, but, uh, I mean, I, I want to say one of them will hit seven, but honestly, I don't know if anyone's going over seven. Yikes. Let's talk about this really exciting, probably the game of the week, Bills, Cardinals back and forth game the whole time. Um, Bills throw a touchdown in the final minutes to what you think would be a win, but Kyler Murray hits a Hail Mary to DeAndre Hopkins in the end zone. What'd you think of this one? Yeah, I mean, this was this may be one of the best games of the NFL season, honestly. Uh, I mean, two young quarterbacks going back and forth with each other. Both had great games. Kyler Murray played a great game. Uh, Josh Allen played a great game. Uh, Kenyon Drake ran for 100 yards for, for uh, Arizona. DeAndre Hopkins with over 100 yards and a touchdown receiving. Uh, Josh Allen came through clutch. I mean, Everyone's missing that part, but Josh Allen came through clutch, hitting that touchdown to Stephon Diggs with less less than a minute to go, uh, and then was overshadowed, obviously, by what Kyler Murray and, and uh, DeAndre Hopkins did, throwing it into triple coverage and and Hopkins coming down with it. I mean, it was one of the most incredible endings to a game I've ever seen. Um, but, I mean, I, I, I don't know if I'd put it this high, but 
I mean, this game to me was almost on par with the with the Chiefs Rams game from a couple years ago. Honestly, it didn't have quite as many points, but um, the defense was a little bit better, obviously. Um, yeah. But I, to me, this may be the best game of the NFL season. Yeah, it was definitely entertaining. And these two guys, I think it it sucks for the Bills because man, they it seems like they keep doing everything right, but they keep going against good teams. But kind of like Russell Wilson, you just need Josh Allen to stop turning the football over. If they don't throw those two picks, the Cardinals uh, probably get blown out in this game, honestly. So if Josh Allen can tighten it up, I've said it. I don't know that they're a playoff or a Super Bowl contender this year, but I think uh, in a couple years I could definitely see that with Josh Allen. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And then another game that kind of shook up that division with the Bills losing, the Dolphins beat the Chargers this week 29-21. to What would you think? Yeah, that was, I mean, that was you're talking about two top ten quarterbacks from this last year going against each other. Uh, I mean, Justin Herbert technically outplayed uh, Tua just a little bit. Neither quarterback had a great game. I'd say this is probably one of Herbert's worst games, honestly, but still not a bad game when you consider he's a rookie. Um, I mean, th- again, this was another really good game. Uh, I mean, the, the Dolphins had a, a slim, you know, 10-point lead in the second half or in the first half. Uh, the Chargers rallied just a little bit in the second half. Not obviously not enough, but uh, I think this is this could be a, a great. I don't want to say rivalry, but a great matchup for you know hopefully the next ten to fifteen years. Honestly, with these two guys going back and forth with each other um, every few years or potentially in the playoffs. Um, so I mean this, this this was a I think a great game to look at for the future. Honestly, and and then obviously for the Dolphins playoff positioning wise, I mean they've won five straight now after starting one and three. They're six and three now. Uh, they're in prime position to make the playoffs. I think any other year they'd be pretty securely in the playoffs at this point. But since there's eight or nine six win teams in the AFC, uh, it's not quite a given yet. But um, the Dolphins keep winning. Tua keeps winning, and and the Chargers. I mean they're playing well they play well in all these games they just can't win a game yet <laughs> i know it kind of sounds gimmicky but everyone always says you know every year passing passing of the torch for the uh, generations of quarterbacks but this might be the real deal there's some good young quarterbacks out here when you're talking about from Mahomes and Derek carr to josh allen kyler murray to uh justin herbert there, i mean there's good good young quarterbacks all over this league yeah um but the old guys still hanging in there. I mean, look at the Steelers and the Bucks and the Saints, the Packers. There's still some good, good quarterback play. Let's go to a game where there wasn't that much good quarterback play. The Raiders beat the Broncos 37-12. to um, Drew Locke, four picks on the day. Um, he got kind of banged up, too. Derek Carr didn't really throw the ball well either, only having 154 yards. What would you think of this one? Yeah, this. I mean, this was uh, defensively, this was a great game by the Raiders. Offensively. Passing wise, not really great, but Josh Jacobs ran the ball really well. 112 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, Derek Carr, I mean, he made the plays he needed to make. He didn't really, I don't want to say he won on the game, but he didn't put them in a position to even be in contention to lose the game, honestly. So um, it was a big, big step up, big improvement by that Raiders defense. They're showing progression throughout the year. Um, If their defense can keep playing like this and the offense can keep running the ball and Derek Carr makes some throws here and there, uh, this is going to be a tough Raiders team moving forward. With with Drew Locke, though, um, obviously we need to see more out of him. Uh, I mean, they they, I I think the Broncos were hoping to get a – better demonstration of what he can do so they're not forced to take a quarterback this year but with how he's playing despite what potential he may have I think if they're in that position to get a Trevor Lawrence or to 
to uh, get a Justin Fields or anyone like that. I think they're going to have to take it because Drew Locke's not giving them a reason not to at this point. Yeah, and look, I've been I've been hard on Locke all year, and uh, I I just don't see him as the future for the Broncos. Every week, it's the same thing. Um, he can make good throws. I mean, he he threw a couple throws in this game where it was just dimes dropped into Jerry Judy. And in the next play, he's off his back foot, throwing in a triple coverage pick. I mean, this is game in, game out. And then I said, I think it was last week or the week before, didn't like his attitude coming out and telling the fans, oh, you booed too early because I made a comeback. Well, then since then, he's 0-2, and he's thrown like six, seven picks. So um, I feel like he's not the – you know, when you see somebody like a Josh Allen doing that, you don't see Josh Allen being super cocky about it when yeah. he throws a couple picks – Drew Locke has done nothing to be cocky about. Um, I know that they like his, I guess, his demeanor and the cockiness and the end zone dances that he does. But when it boils down to the X's and O's, he's not getting it done for him. Yeah. Um, I think he has the talent, but I don't think he's anywhere near uh starter right now. I think he needed years to develop, honestly. I think he's a guy that needed probably a couple of years, like an Aaron Rodgers behind Brett Favre type of deal. Yeah. Because he's got the arm talent. He just, the decision making is really bad. Yeah. And honestly, he doesn't have the arm to make those off balance throws like uh, Kyler Murray and Pat Mahomes can. Um, you can't do the fadeaway throwing across your body and to triple coverage ends up in picks for him. So, and the other problem with him is injuries. I mean, this is about to be his third major injury that's going to sit him out for a couple games probably. Um, I don't think he's going to play this week. They said he's got. Um, basically a couple bruised ribs and, and some serious damage there. So they said he's week to week. Yeah. And, and, and again, I think he's a guy that eventually can be a good starter, but I think he needs to go. Uh, I mean, he, he needs to go somewhere where he could still sit and learn and, and learn how to actually play the game. Uh, because he, I mean, I, again, he's got the, he's got the talent. I mean, he's a, a fairly mobile quarterback. Um, He's fairly mobile. He he doesn't. I don't want to say he's got elite arm strength, but he's got NFL arm strength. I mean, he can make. He's got the arm strength to make any throw you need to make in the NFL. Um, he's just I, like you said. His decisions are just bad. Um, he. I think he wants to be Patrick Mahomes. I think he wants to be Kyler Murray. I think he wants to be some of these guys. Uh, and Aaron Rodgers. You know, everyone forgets that Aaron Rodgers was doing some of the stuff Mahomes was doing. You know, ten years ago, fifteen years ago, twelve years ago. Sorry. Uh, so I think he wants to be that guy, but he just, at this point, he's not. Um, but the difference is, is that, you know, Aaron Rodgers sat behind Brett Favre for a couple years and, and, uh, Mahomes sat behind Alex Smith for a year. Who did Drew Locke have? He had Joe Flacco who, <laughs> who basically came out and said, he's not going to teach him. He's not going to mentor him because it's not his job. Although he was elite. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, you, I mean, it's kind of a, a bad circumstance for him to be in. And, and plus, the, the Broncos have had some really bad injuries this year. And that's something we can't forget. But um, I, I think he could be a successful quarterback at some point. Just, just He's just not there at this, at this point. Yeah, I agree. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens um, next year. How, how many chances is, does uh, John Elway get to try to find the guy at quarterback? I mean, he's gone through, what was it? Brock Osweiler, Case Keenum, Joe Flacco. He had Mark Sanchez in there for a little bit. Trevor Simeon. Uh, Trevor Simeon. They keep trying. And, oh, yeah, what was the uh, – Kelly. What was his name? Chad Chad Kelly. Yeah, Chad Kelly. All these yeah. guys that he keeps coming in there. 
clearly he doesn't have the I don't want to say talent because obviously he does know quarterbacks well, but he's having no luck getting this. I'm just curious to see how long they let him have to try to get this righted. Did Did you mention Paxton Lynch? I did not mix, mention, and they traded up for Paxton Lynch too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's not forget him. Um, yeah, I mean it, it's it's going to be interesting because I think going to a Super Bowl and winning a Super Bowl uh, and winning another Super Bowl, sorry, um, obviously gives you a little bit of leeway. But I I think um, I think he's got through next year, honestly. Um, but I would also say if he skips out on someone like a Justin Fields to stick with Drew Locke. Um, and it doesn't work out next year, he's gone. Um, I don't think that they would fire him because of what he means to that franchise. I think it'd be a, you know, he's been moved to a different position or he's mutually parted ways. Yeah. Or, you know, he's decided to step down to spend more time with his family. You know, it's going to be something along those lines. I don't think they'll outright fire him because again, because of what he means to that franchise. Um, but I think he's got another year and after that it's up in the air. Yep. All right, another interesting game. Rams over the Seahawks, 23-16. to 16. The crazy part to me is two, three weeks ago, Russell Wilson's the, the you know hands-down MVP of the league. We even announced it ourselves. Now they are third in the division behind the Cardinals and Rams. Um, and if they keep playing like they are, as turnover-prone as they've been, they might be on the outside looking in, and they might have gone from favorites to possibly out of the playoffs. What do you think of this performance? Uh, yeah, I mean, it was, it was just bad. Um, Russell Wilson over the last two games has seven turnovers. Uh, the defense is atrocious. They have no running game. It looks like they're going to be without uh, Chris Carson again against the Cardinals, which that's honestly to me, I think that's kind of a must win. Um, that's a must win game, honestly. Um, so, I mean, and, and Russell Wilson, I, mean, I know he's coming out saying, you know, I'm going to keep swinging. I'm going to keep doing what I do. Um, things like that. But I think he's kind of in that position Dak Prescott was in earlier this year where, you know, the defense is so bad and you feel like you have to make all these plays because your defense is going to make bad plays and put you in a bad position. So you feel like you need to to make up for that. Um, and I think that's kind of what he's doing at the moment. But uh, it may have worked most of the season, but it's obviously not working at this point. They've got great receivers around him. Uh, with Tyler Lockett and Metcalf and those guys. But, um, I mean, he really just has to make better decisions, honestly. And uh, I think getting Chris Carson back will help that. I think that'll help Russell Wilson. It'll help the defense. But that's still at least a, another game away because, again, it doesn't look like he's playing against Arizona um, this week. But um, I think, you know, Wilson will be fine eventually. But uh, he may have already lost the MVP, though, because of these last two games. Yeah, I mean – any momentum he had over Mahomes or Rogers or any of those guys just went away. Cause they said yeah. in the last three or was the last six games, he has nine picks alone. Yeah. Plus the last game he had two interceptions, two fumbles. So yeah. um, you're talking about just turnover machine right now. So he's got to clean that up. Obviously um, given the choice in the league, most teams are going to say they want Russell Wilson, even with yeah. this problem right now. So, but I, I'm with you. The defense through nine games has not allowed less than 20 points. Yep. So they have a problem on defense that they need to fix. And uh, and it might be that they did the classic going out and getting all these big-name guys because I was watching some highlights of Jamal Adams. Yeah, Boy, that guy's bad. That guy's bad. There was a run where they actually ran at the middle. He ran away from the running backs instead of tackling him and let the guy score. Yep. I mean, that guy has been nothing but terrible for this team this year. 
Yeah, and, and, and yeah, and that and that's another unfortunate thing because I I think Adams honestly going into this year I felt pretty comfortable saying he's the best safety in football and and this year I mean he's made a few plays here and there but like you said he's also he's missed a lot of plays he's he's been hurt at times he's missed a lot of plays uh, misread you know coverage uh, misread re- or routes I guess uh, I mean he's he he has not played up to what they give up two first round picks for him I think yeah. Um, I mean, he he has not played up to that standard at this point, which to me, that's a pretty high standard. But uh, I mean, he hasn't even played up to a second round pick at this point, just one second round pick. Um, so they're not getting out of him what they should be getting out. And some of that could be him just trying to learn the defense. Some of it could be him being injured. Uh, and some of it could just be his attitude. I mean, Jamal Adams has never had a great attitude, honestly. Um, so he could already be unhappy in Seattle, so who knows? But Russell Wilson, I'm not super worried about because he's been in the league long enough. He's just, you know, had you know sustained success long enough that I mean, he's he's going to pick it back up. He's going to be okay. He's going to move on, and and he's going to make those plays again. But uh, it may be a little too late for that MVP, at least. The, the shocking thing about Jamal Adams, too, I, I saw a stat. He's actually ranked the 30th best safety by Pro Football Focus. So obviously there's 32 teams. That's not good, especially for a guy you gave up all that draft capital for. Yeah, that's uh, that's yeah, that's yeah, that's pretty bad. (laughs) All right, let's talk about the Saints 49ers. I mean, no, nothing really uh, jumped out here except for the injury to Drew Brees. So you got 27 to 13 Saints win. 49ers obviously decimated with injuries. Don't expect them to win many games the rest of the season, but uh, it sounds like Drew Brees is out for. You know, at least a few weeks with broken ribs, and uh, first of all, I guess the first question that Sean, uh, you know, I can't remember the head coach's name. Wow, Sean Payton. Sean Payton. See, he's so irrelevant to me. <laughs> I don't, I don't like this guy. He's playing, he's playing all these games this week. He won't tell us who the starting quarterback is. I get it. He's trying to be all funny and dancing, but who do you think is going to actually start, Jameis Winston? Yeah, Jameis Winston is going to start. That's, I mean, that's what I'm thinking too. Like, let's not take anything away from Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill's a, a phenomenal football player, but he's not an every down NFL quarterback. He's just not. Like, you can, you can say he is. Sean Payton, I'm sure, says he is, and and will defend it till the end. And I get that. Um, but at the end of the day, Taysom Hill is not an every down NFL quarterback. Not at this point, at least. Um, it's going to be Jameis Winston. Taysom Hill will play. He'll get some snaps to do what he does. He may even get more snaps than normal. Uh, but he's not an every down NFL quarterback. Jason, you know, t- uh, uh, Jameis Winston is, uh, and Jameis Winston honestly opens up the defense a little more than than Drew Brees could because he's going to throw down the you know down the field a little more um, or a lot more. I think the thing, the key for them is is to keep Jameis Winston contained, honestly, uh, because we know Jameis Winston last year threw for five thousand yards and threw for thirty plus touchdowns, but he also threw for thirty interceptions. Um, so I think just keeping him contained, which hopefully learning behind Drew Brees this year, hopefully he's learned that it's okay to throw it down to Alvin Kamara because Alvin Kamara can make some plays. It's okay to to check down to your tight end for a five-yard pass. You don't have to bomb it deep every play. You don't have to go deep. You don't have to go for the big play. Um, so I'm hoping that he's actually learned and progressed and and you know still has that big play ability, but a little more conservative uh, in term, a little more conservative, a little more accurate. Um, just learning behind Drew Brees. So um, I think Jameis Winston, honestly, I think they'll be fine. I, I don't, they're not as good with him as they are with, with Drew Brees, but I think they're going to be fine playing with Jameis Winston. And that is the guy they're going to go with, despite what Sean Payton says. 
Yeah, I'm with you on that. And to me, there's actually parts of this game that Jameis Winston is going to make the Saints better. Yeah. Um, like you said, opening the defense up, but also just uh, taking chances. I know Drew Brees is one of those guys, kind of like an Alex Smith, where he doesn't like to take many chances. He takes the safe routes. and He gets a lot of yards, and he does really good things with it. As long as Jameis Winston limits the picks, yeah, they could be really good. I, I feel better with the Saints with Jameis Winston than I did the Saints with Teddy Bridgewater last year. Yeah, and that's saying something because Bridgewater won every game with them. Yep. Um. So I feel like they're still in really good shape in this division, but they're holding on to just a a very slim half game lead in that division over the Bucks. So it's gonna be really interesting to see. I mean, really, what Jameis Winston needs to be is a hybrid of his old self with a hybrid of what Drew Brees is now. Um. I mean, he needs to be conservative like Breeze. He need you know because Breeze again. He throws it really short, but he also knows that he's got Michael Thomas. He's got Alvin Kamara. He's got these guys that can make plays with the ball once they have it. Um, so you don't necessarily need to throw it downfield. Um, I think if he can do that and, and get comfortable and get in a rhythm and, and get the defense pulled up a little bit, then he's also got that ability and that that want and that go get it attitude to to throw it over the top of him if he chooses. But he needs to. He needs, like I said, he needs to be a hybrid of his old self and of what Drew Brees is now. And if he can do that, I think the Saints are actually probably a more dangerous team, honestly. Yeah, I agree. Let's talk about Ravens-Patriots. This game was an absolute downpour. You can barely even see the field. It was raining so hard. But um, the Patriots, who everyone had been saying were one of the worst teams in the NFL right now, come out and beat the Ravens 23-17. What you think? Yeah, I mean, this was a... Uh... It was actually a pretty interesting game to watch. It was actually a fun game to watch because of the rain. It was ugly, but it was fun, um, if that makes sense. Um, I thought Cam Newton played really well overall. I thought uh, the Patriots ran the ball well. Um, they you know, didn't really throw the ball great, but they, they ran the ball well. Uh, Lamar Jackson, actually, I thought threw the ball pretty well. Had 250 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, opened up the Patriots just a little bit, but... Still, there's just no consistency with with the Ravens throwing the ball, and and they're so predictable, honestly. And and some of the stuff that they're doing, like that fourth down play that that they went with, and and uh, what was it, the one that they tried the direct snap to to Mark yeah, Ingram, and, and then he fumbled it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, John Harbaugh. I mean, I don't know. He he's he's coaching like a high school coach, honestly. And and I'm not saying that to me to be disrespectful. I think he's just kind of gotten stagnant. Um, with with NFL offense, honestly, and and I think he's got that. I, I say stagnant, but I also say almost cocky. I mean, almost like yeah. a you know what we're gonna do. I dare you to stop it, you know. And that's what a high school coach does. And most of the time, if you know the the talent outweighs you know in in high school so much that that that's okay to do that. But in the NFL, it doesn't work that way. And and he just he can't. I don't know. They can't keep doing that. They got to do something. They got to have pre, you know, pre-snap motions. They got to move things around, move players around, you know, misdirection, things like that. They got to do something. Cause right now, again, it's, they're just saying, you know what we're going to do? I dare you to stop it. And right now everyone's stopping it. Yeah. To me, it's also arrogance as in, he thinks that he can go for every fourth down. He thinks that he can do whatever play he wants. and It's going to work. He saw it even last year against the chiefs. Um, I think the first game they played, he went for it on fourth down like three times. He went for a fake punt, yep. uh, and it, you know, they got blown out in that game. Yep. At, at, some, at some point, there's a reason that people punt on fourth down because you don't want to put your team in bad situations by going for it on fourth all the time. There's a reason that people kick extra points 
Yep. His two-point conversions are hard to go by. Um, I think the arrogance of him thinking that he can just do whatever he wants and it's going to work is going to haunt them. But then, like you said, too, uh, I, I've i said it year, year in and year out so far about Lamar Jackson. When they got the ball back in the fourth quarter with a chance to win, I was not worried at all for the Patriots. Um, and that's how it is. I'm not worried at all if Lamar Jackson has the ball at a two-minute drill. I'm just not. Um, when you look at his record, he's one in eight now. I think if he's if he's um, if his team is down at halftime, yeah, means he doesn't come back at all. And when you basically put him in a position where it's like, hey, you got to throw your way to win this game, I'm not scared of him at all. You put that ball in in Tom Brady's hands, you're terrified. You put it in a lot of people's hands. Old Peyton Manning, hell, even Pat Mahomes and Kyler Murray, like you just saw this week. I have no concerns as a defense looking at Lamar Jackson. I just, he might throw for a lot of yards in a game, but when it comes right down to a, a must pass situation, he just doesn't scare me. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and again, I mean, I, th- I think Lamar, Lamar Jackson can obviously play in the league. I mean, he won an MVP. Sure. Um, so, I mean, he can obviously play, but again, in that situation, like you said, I'm not, you know, I can think of a dozen quarterbacks that I would rather have in a two minute drill than, than Lamar Jackson. And part of that, Part of that's Lamar Jackson, but part of that is also John Harbaugh um, and and their play calling because they just don't have that type of offense. They don't have anything to, you know, when you run the ball and you're just basically line it up and, and just run straight at people the entire game, when you need to actually pass it, you don't have that rhythm. You don't have anything there. Um, so I think part of that is on John Harbaugh, and, and it's something that they've got to work on. I mean, they need more receivers. They need – you know, they need more receivers. They need a little bit better offensive line. Their offensive line's not bad, but I think they can improve it. Um, but I think also part of that is is again, you you need to do something pre-snap. Like you can't you you can't just go up there and just run right at a team and you can't go up there and Lamar Jackson not have the ability to audible out and change plays and and read the defense and decide what he's gonna do. But and to me, I feel like they have the weapons, they just aren't using them correctly. Yeah. Because when you look at their roster, they have even just the running backs. Mark Ingram was a stud. J.K. Dobbins, young rookie stud. Yeah. Gus Edwards is running the ball. If they would just hand him the ball, he might be one of the top leaders in the NFL in rushing. Yeah. Uh, in this game, he averaged six yards a carry. And guess who had the most carries on the team? Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Um, so you're taking your your playmaking running backs and you're basically putting them on the bench. And then you look at their wide receivers. They got Mark Andrews, who are, is arguably one of the best tight ends in the league right now receiving tight ends. You got Devin Duvernay, who's a, who's a burner. You've got yep. Marquise Hollywood Brown, who is a stud. You've got all these weapons yet. They like, there's nobody that even had 10 targets in this game. Uh, Mark Andrews had seven receptions. Like you got to get it to your players. And, and the thing I see with Lamar Jackson too, and a lot of these young guys, um, he snaps the ball. He's looking 40 yards down the field. Yep. It's like, and, and part of that's on the off on the offensive coordinator. It's like, yep. you got to run some routes that are intermediate routes or short routes. Yep. Uh, get Willie Sneed in a 10-yard comeback pattern or something, but they don't ever hit those. All they do is run around with Lamar Jackson behind the, the line of scrimmage and then just hail Mary it up there. And, yes, it does break occasionally, and that's why you see Lamar Jackson getting some stats. Uh, they need to go back to the old-school way of don't do design runs for Lamar Jackson. You've got stud running backs. Let him improvise and run when he needs to yeah. in the passing game. But a lot of these plays, even on two-minute drives, they've got design quarterback draws and stuff that aren't working. They're trying it, and it's not working. It's like you have potentially three number one running backs right now. 
that yep. you're not handing the football. You'd rather put it in Lamar Jackson's hands in that situation, and he's not a power runner. Yep. You've got those guys, though. Gus Edwards a power runner. Mark Ingram's a power runner. J.K. Dobbins could probably do it. It's just, I mean, they have the weapons. I keep hearing that they, you know, oh, they just don't have the weapons to have, have a good passing game. Like, they do. They're just yeah. running. The offense is just not, honestly, it's, it's the offensive coordinator. Yeah. One, well, and, and part of it, too, uh, you know, like last year, Devin DuVernay was, was the best was the best third down receiver in college football last year. I mean, what, what Sam Ellinger was able to do with him and, and all they did, I mean, kind of going back to that, the saint style of offense is Devin Duvernay. I mean, he's a burner, but if you watch most of his big plays last year at, at the university of Texas, it wasn't him running down the field. It was them throwing the ball on like a six yard slant or a six yard comeback. And then once he gets the ball in the, in his hands, he makes someone miss and then he's gone, you know, almost Tyree kill style. Um, mm-hmm. his, his big plays aren't down the field despite, I mean, he is a burner. He can run fast. We've seen that he's got speed. We saw that on the, the, uh, what was it? The kick return or punt return touchdown he yeah. had earlier this year. Um, I mean, he can, he can obviously move, he can run, but, but Devin Duvernay, his strength, his strength is, is, is running, you know, routes under 10 yards, getting the ball in his hand and then making someone miss and getting an extra eight to 10 yards after the play. And when you can do those plays, and the, the, the defense knows that, okay, we got to watch Duvernay here because, you know, they can, you know, he can, if he catches it at six yards, this guy's going to miss, and then he's going to pick up another 10 yards. And all of a sudden they just had a 15, 16 yard play that brings the defense up, obviously with your running ability, that brings the defense up, but then you do have to have that ability to throw it over the top to Marquise Brown, who, again, I mean, if, if he and Tyree kill ran side by side in the 40 yard dash, I mean, he's not losing by that much to Tyree kill. So that, that tells you his speed. Um, but they just don't do it. And, and, and like you said, it is the offensive coordinator. It is John Harbaugh. Um, at the end of the day, honestly, it is John Harbaugh because, you know, he, he should know he should be going to his offensive coordinator saying, Hey, you, you know, this offense isn't working. You need to change it up or we're going to take play calling abilities away from you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause I mean, to me, just the fact that they run it more with their quarterback, which is dangerous in itself yeah. than they do. They've got arguably one of the better running back cores in the NFL. Yep. Just run it with them. Let them play. Yep. All right, let's talk about another team that uh, is having some offensive struggles here. We got the Vikings and Bears. Vikings win 19-13. Nick Foles goes out of the game. I think the most interesting part of this, because this was not an interesting game per se, yeah. um, is the fact that Nick Foles is hurt. Uh, Mitch Trubisky's hurt. Who do they go to? They got Tyler Bray. I heard today that they're bringing Deshaun Kaiser in for a workout. How do you see this coming? Do you see Mitch Trubisky taking back over? Because Nick Foles clearly isn't getting it done. Uh, I mean, honestly, Trubisky should because, I mean, people can say what they want, but we've already seen the offense was actually better with Trubisky. Um, Trubisky, I mean, was, was the better quarterback. And, and now people are starting to realize, hey, maybe Trubisky's not as bad as we thought he was because – you know, you have this Super Bowl MVP who's come in and done worse. I mean, when he when Nick Foles got hurt, what was it? It was less than a minute to go in the game when he got yeah. hurt and he only threw for like 106 yards or 116 yards or something mm-hmm. like that. Uh, I mean, that is that's bad. Like that's that's so bad. Um, now, I don't know when Trubisky comes back. I don't know if he'll be back this week or not. Honestly, I, I don't really. think he will. Uh, I think he's, he's got a shoulder injuries can keep him out. Yeah, so um, if Foles can't play this week, then it's got to be Tyler Bray, which is, I mean, as Chiefs fans, we know Tyler Bray. The guy's got, I mean, he's big. What he's six foot five, six foot six, something like that. 
I think he, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, he's got it. He's got an arm, probably not as good as Mahomes or Josh Allen, but not far behind. I mean, he's he's a he's got a cannon of an arm. I mean, the guy can throw it a mile. Um, but I mean, that's not the ideal situation. Obviously, I don't think Deshaun Kaiser um, gets in there in time to clear the COVID protocols and practice with the team to get enough to get the start. Um, yep. So I mean, it's got to be Tyler Bray. Um, this week if if uh, if Nick Foles can't play. But I think even when Foles comes back, if Trubisky's healthy, you got to go back to Trubisky, honestly, at this point, because Foles is not getting it done. The offense has been has been terrible with him. And, I mean, what, have they won one game with him as quarterback so far? Something like yeah, that? They're, they're now, so Trubisky won the first three. Yep. And then I think he was in the game for the first half, and then he got benched, and they won that game. Yep. So then they went 4-0, basically, with Trubisky starting. They've won one game since then. Yeah. So and they've lost they're on a four game losing streak right now. Yeah. I mean it it's but this isn't surprising. I mean, we've we've talked about this before where where Nick Foles isn't you know, Nick Foles has spurts where he looks phenomenal, but the the overall uh the you know, his overall performance is is not great. I mean, there's a reason he hasn't stuck with any team. You know, he signed a big contract with with uh well, they were St. Louis at the time, I believe, but with the Rams, uh, and, and didn't stick there. I mean, he was a bust there. Um, he couldn't, he couldn't keep on with Philadelphia, um, on two separate, you know, two separate occasions. They, they chose other guys over him. Uh, he went to the chiefs. Obviously he was behind Alex Smith at that point. He wasn't meant to start, but he couldn't supplant Alex Smith. He went to the Jaguars and, and got beat, beat out by a six round rookie last year after signing what a, what was it? A $90 million contract. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then he got beat out by a sixth round rookie, you know. So, uh, I, I, I mean, Nick Foles, he has spurts, but overall, I mean, he's a mediocre quarterback, honestly. Yeah, a mediocre quarterback who's got paid over his career, though. Yeah, I mean, he's <laughs> he, he's he's like Chase Daniel, who, who yeah. just, he just happens to play more, you know. Chase Daniel has made a, a, a I mean, a, a fortune just being a guy that comes in and throws a pass here and there, but you know. Chase Daniel's also a really great locker room guy, though. I mean, he's he's really smart. He he brings a presence to the locker room. He brings a calmness to the team, uh, and he you know he likes to, the guys like to have him there. He likes to joke around with everyone, um, and and that's part of why he earns that money is that experience that he has and, and what he brings to the locker room. But I mean, he's basically like a a souped up Chase Daniel. Yeah, I've heard Chase Daniel referred to as a future quarterback coach in the waiting. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think, yeah, he he's good in the headset of the other of the other play callers too. So yeah, I mean, and that and that's we, love, why, we love us some Chase Daniel here. Yeah, and and that's why you you pay a guy like that. I mean, you you pay for that experience and you pay for what he brings off the field, rather you know more so than what you get on the field. But um, I mean. I don't even know what Nick Foles brings off the field, though, to be completely honest. I haven't heard about him being a, you know, a, a coach in the waiting or anything like that, like I have with some of these guys. So I don't even know what yeah. he's bringing off the field. I'm not sure, but I'll tell you what it, I think it does spell is the end of Matt Nagy. I've yeah. said it. The, the biggest indicators to me are switching back and forth quarterbacks, especially yeah. when you were winning games with your your guy that you invested draft picks in. Then you go sign a guy that is questionable whether you should have even signed him. You put him in, and then you aren't winning games. Then you demote yourself from the play calling position, and now it's probably looking like he's going to have to try to f- to to reverse his decision to put Trubisky back in. It's going to get ugly, and I don't think it, it end well for Matt Nagy here. No, I don't. I mean, in, unless they put Trubisky back in and they 
they, I mean, honestly, they squeak into the playoffs and they win a playoff game. I don't think you can bring Matt Nagy back. I think, I, I think the fan base has lost confidence in him, and I think the team has probably lost confidence in him. For sure. And the GM. I mean, that was some questionable decisions on his part, too. Absolutely. Um, we talked about the Cleo Mack trade, but then even just signing Nick Foles, bringing him in here. That's a lot of money you invested in a guy that – uh, really hasn't done anything for your for your franchise right now. Well, yeah, I mean, you because they trade they traded for Foles, right? Yes, and yeah. then they I think they had to sign him for a yeah. I think they resigned like a twenty five million dollar one year deal or something. Yeah, so you you did that whenever you had guys like a Cam Newton and like an Andy Dalton and guys like that that were out there that took, you know, I know Davis Winston, I yeah, mean, he was out there as a free agent, yeah, uh, and I know you took, uh, I know Dalton took like a three million dollar deal, I think. Uh, Newton took something similar. I don't remember what Jameis Winston's deal was, but yeah, I'm not really sure either. Uh, it had to be pretty low because the Saints don't have that much cap. Or- yeah, but I mean, you have guys like that, and then you also had guys like Teddy Bridgewater that you could have gone and got. Uh, I mean, so there are plenty of options, and instead you go out and you not only give up draft capital, um, you give up salary cap for this guy. So, and and now they're kind of stuck with him because I don't know if they could really release him, honestly. Yeah, I don't know. All right, let's take a look at this week's game. Just a couple of really good divisional matchups I'm looking forward to in this game or in this week. Let's start with tomorrow night's game, Cardinals Seahawks. This is a huge one. Who do you got? Oh, man. Finally, a good Thursday night game. That two in a row. I mean, the Colts, Titans, and I got Cardinals Seahawks. Uh, you know, I'm 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 gonna go Seahawks, honestly. Um, I think Russell Wilson, kind of like that Tom Brady situation. I think people are doubting him. The sky is falling. Um, people are doubting this team and I, I think they're going to come back and, and, uh, and they're going to take out the Cardinals. I mean, we've, we've talked about the Cardinals. They won the game last week, but it could have easily been a, a blowout loss. Honestly, if, if Josh Allen hadn't thrown a couple picks and there, there's another uh, game or two where, you know, they needed mistakes by the other teams to, to happen in order for them to be, uh, you know, to be put in position to even win the game. So, uh, I, I mean, the Cardinals are six and three, but they've they've kind of lucked their way into that six and three just a little bit. So, uh, I'm going to take the Seahawks. I'm going to go Cardinals here only because I watched this first game that they had earlier this season, and that was one of the games that Russell Wilson's turnovers cost them big. Um, I, mean, I think Buda Baker's got his number. And I think uh, I think that without Chris Carson, I just don't know if they're they're gonna have a balanced enough attack to beat the Cardinals. They're looking pretty good. DeAndre Hopkins is definitely a wide receiver of the year right now. All right, well, bold choice. Yeah, I'm going with it. Uh, this will be a close one. Steelers Jags. Who you got? Uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm going the the Steelers on this one. Um, I think the Jaguars play kind of a tough game. That's what they do for the most part. Yeah. Um, played the tacker, you know, played the Packers well this past week, but uh, mm-hmm. uh, I, I think the Steelers are are going to take this one. I think it's probably a ten point game, give or take. Um, but yeah, I think they take this. Yeah, this one's relatively easy for me. I think that the Steelers win it by, I don't know, probably fourteen. All right. All right, this one. Oh boy, Lions at Panthers. Panthers probably won't, aren't going to have Teddy Bridgewater. Not going to have Christian McCaffrey. So who do you got? Uh, I'm going Panthers on this one. Um, uh, not Panthers, sorry, the Lions. I was going to uh, say, wow, okay. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> you already uh, said it. Can't take it back. <laughs> yeah, no take backs. Uh, no, I'm going the Lions on this one. I like what the Lions are doing. They just beat the Redskins. They played a good game. Matt Stafford's having a solid season so far. Uh, I like what they're doing running the ball. DeAndre Swift's playing well. They're, you know, The passing game's picking up. Defense is picking up just a little bit. 
uh, making some plays at least. They gave up a lot of yards to to the Washington football team, but uh, but they made plays when they when they needed to. And and now the Panthers are probably without Bridgewater. Looks like they're definitely without Christian McCaffrey. Um, so you take away you know their top two playmakers, and and the Panthers really don't have much left. So I uh, got to go with the Lions. Yeah, I'm gonna go Lions here as well. Although I do want to give McCaffrey a shout out, Luke McCaffrey. Uh, starting for the Huskers, getting a win, first Husker win for the year. So gotta love that. Yeah. Uh, but not Lions here for sure. All right. All right. Patriots, Texans, two teams that are really underperforming for what they should have been doing. Last year, this is a premier matchup. This year, not so much. Who do you got? Uh, you know, I'm gonna go with the Patriots on this one. Um, I just I just I don't think the Texans have enough skill overall to uh to to stay up with the patriots honestly and that's really saying something because the patriots are pretty depleted honestly um especially in the wide receiver core but they're they're playing uh they're they're playing as well as they can i think if they just embrace that that cam newton's going to be you know essentially a uh a running back that can happen to throw the ball a little bit i i think the offense can do enough to win um and then and then the the patriots i mean their defense they've got some playmakers out there they got stefan gilmore um, they've got, uh, I can't think of his name right now, but he's actually leading the league in interceptions right now. JC Jackson. Yeah. JC Jackson. Yeah. He's got yeah. what? Six interceptions already. Yep. Uh, um, somehow got left off the pro bowl ballot. Yeah. Uh, he's been added now. Yeah. Uh, Which, why were you voting on the pro bowls beyond me, but okay, whatever. Yeah. It's not, I, not being played. So. Yeah. But, uh, so I think they've got enough, enough on defense, enough on offense to beat the Texans. The Texans, I mean, they just don't really have too much going for them. I mean, they only put up seven points against the Browns this last week. So um, despite having Deshaun Watson and having Will Fuller and those guys. So uh, I'm going to, I'm going to go Patriots. Oh boy. This one's super tough for me because looking at the Patriots, I mean, you look at the last game, everyone's saying like, this is Cam Newton's best game. He had like a hundred something yards and a touchdown. I mean, he's, he's playing bad. And I think they said, Jacoby Myers threw a 24 yard touchdown last game. And that was the longest touchdown pass the Patriots have had this year. So um, not playing well, obviously the Texans have a much better offense than the Patriots um, minus running back position, which David Johnson, again, being injured all the time, but Will Fuller is a good, good wide receiver. And, and Deshaun Watson is still a playmaker. I'm going to go Texans here. I'm going to go Texans in a close one, but um, I do think obviously, uh, Bill Belichick has got the better of the Texans over the years, but with a new coach, we'll see what happens. I think the Texans win a close one. All right. And another fantastic matchup here. Titans and Ravens. Who do you got? Ah, ooh, man. Um, This is a tough one. Yeah, man, you're kind of throwing me here. Um, You know what? I'm going to go Titans on this one. Uh, I, I know that they, they had a bad showing this last week against uh, against Indianapolis, but they've had a week and a half. They got a few extra days to prepare for this game over the Ravens. Uh, Ravens coming off, you know, kind of, kind of a little bit of a butt whooping themselves, honestly. Uh, and, and the Ravens have struggled more recently than, than the Titans have. I know the Titans haven't played well over the last month, but I thought the Ravens have played worse. Um, and I just I like the Titans overall in this one. This is also really close to me because – uh, not saying he's on the Kirk Cousins level of stuff here, but the the Ravens also don't play well on primetime games. And Lamar Jackson hasn't over the years. And, and Sunday night football, they got – I mean, it, it was a close game, but they pretty much got whooped by the Patriots. Yeah. Oh, man. But then the Titans have also – you know, I'm going to go Ravens here. I think they're going to win a close one. 
Um, I, I do like what Derrick Henry's doing, but I think this this whole game comes down to what we just talked about with John Harbaugh. Can you get this this Ravens offense a little bit more balanced? Get some shorter intermediate passes. You'd like to see Lamar Jackson have a couple hundred yards, a couple touchdowns, but not run 10, 15 times in the game. Yeah. I want to see Mark Ingram or J.K. Dobbins have the runs. And if they can do that, I think they can easily beat the Titans, but I don't think they will, so I think it'll be close. But I'm, I'm going to go Ravens. All right. Eagles-Browns. Who you got? I'm going Browns on this one. Um, just to what I said about the Eagles earlier, that I just have no confidence in uh, it. And Carson Wentz, I mean, they don't run the ball extremely well. They're not playing really great defense, honestly. Uh, the Browns, I mean, they can't really pass the ball, but they, you know, like we said, they can run the ball uh, and they're playing pretty good defense. So I think they're going to take this one. Yeah, to me, when I see Eagles on paper now, I'm just like, yeah, it's probably a loss. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're just that team right now. They just can't get anything going. Uh, can't get a run game going. Carson Wentz is terrible. It's I think the Browns take this one with the run with the the dual headed monster in the backfield. All right. How about Falcons and Saints? The Drew Breesless Saints. Ah, man, this is a tough game. Honestly, um, you know what? I'm I'm going to take the Saints. Um, I mean, we we you know it'd be easy to pick against them. I understand that. Um, but at the end of the day, look what they did with Teddy Bridgewater last year. Uh, they were undefeated with Teddy Bridgewater. Um, Jameis Winston, I mean, th- that Bucks team was much worse last year than what they are this year. And James, you know, people forget he still won seven games with the Bucks last year. Um, he threw for 5,000 yards, threw for 30 touchdowns. I mean, he can make some plays. I think if they can contain James, you know, if they could protect Jameis Winston from Jameis Winston, I think that they can win this game. Yeah, I'm going to go Saints here too. I think – you hate to say it's a must win against the Falcons, but at the same time, you got the Bucks breathing down your neck. You got to yeah. win this game, and and honestly, if we're taking quarterbacks out of the situation of the voting this year, I think Alvin Kamara is probably the MVP right now. So yeah, he, he's doing some really great things. Just make the offense run through him, uh, which is something else that Jameis Winston never had throughout his career. He was always asked to throw it a ton. Yeah. Just, just ask him to throw a little bit and let Alvin Kamara do the work, and I think the Saints can beat the Falcons. Although I do I do like the Falcons' chances in this. Like it's uh they're I feel like they're a different team now that Dan Quinn's gone, and and I think that they might be scary here. Yeah, for sure. Bengals and the Washington football team with Alex Smith at the starting position. Who do you got? Ooh. You know, I'm gonna go Washington. On this one, wow, okay. Um, you know the Bengals. You know the ugh, man. The Bengals just played bad this last week. Um, yeah, they. Uh, yeah, they just played bad. Um, I like what Washington's doing with Alex Smith. I mean, they uh, they haven't won with him yet, but I mean the the offense is moving. We know that they have a pretty solid defense. Um, they've got a great pass rush. They, you know, decent secondary, solid linebacker. So the defense is great. Good. I, I don't want to say great, but it's good. Um, I, I think if Alex Smith can keep playing how he's playing, they can keep moving the ball. I think they take this one, honestly. Yeah. And I like Terry McLaurin too. I mean, that's a, yeah. that's an, I think he's one of the underrated receivers from a couple of years ago. I mean, yeah, he's been, he's been really solid, especially fantasy football wise. I mean, this guy puts out 10, 15 points every week. Yep. Um, and, and he's played with, I mean, look who he's played with a quarterback, Kyle Allen or Dwayne Haskins or Alex Smith. Doesn't matter. He's, he's playing well. So, um, but I'm going to take the Bengals here just because I like 
I think they're one of those teams we've and and we talk about this every week, but you see the progression last week was just a bad game. I mean, people have bad games, but you see these guys progressing every week and you see Joe Burrow playing well. I think that they're going to have enough to to take over Washington here. Okay. Jets and Chargers, who do you got? Keep uh, in mind, Chargers uh uh they just don't win a lot of games, so uh neither do the Jets apparently, but who do you got? Uh, well, it's not apparent for the Jets. It, it's a fact they don't they don't win they don't win any games. As a matter of fact, so uh, no, I do have a stat here. They said in the last twenty games, the Cowboys and Jets had the same record. Just we don't it. discuss that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, if we're if we're playing on that uh, in, in the last fifty plus years, the Cowboys have over <laughs> twice as many Super Bowls as the Chiefs. So bring it. <laughs> we don't go back that far. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm going. I'm going with the Chargers. I think they take this one. And, and honestly, I think Justin Herbert puts up some huge numbers this week. Um, if you have someone on the Chargers um, fantasy team, um, go ahead and start them because again, I think they're going to put up some big numbers this week, and I think they're going to win this one. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be close. So, but being the Chargers, it might be just because it's the Chargers. Um, so there's only three teams in the league, I think, this year that have only, that haven't lost a game by more than one score. Chiefs being one, Steelers obviously because they're undefeated, yep. and the Chargers. But the Chargers only have two wins or three wins. Uh, two, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. So they have two wins, but they have not lost a single game by more than a score. Um, you'd like to think this is new. It's not. This is the Chargers in a nutshell. They do this every year. They just can't win close games for whatever reason. Yeah. Call it coaching. Call it whatever. Uh, but I don't think this will be a close game. So I think they're going to blow out the Jets just because the Jets are terrible. How is that guy still employed? Uh, I thought for sure the bye week they would have fired him, right? But then they didn't. So here we are. Now I think they're kind of committed to him the rest of the year. Yeah, I mean, I think I think he's probably going to make it through the rest of the year. But um, I think he, he's – I mean, he's got to be gone by the end of this year. You would, you would think, but I don't – who knows? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's a – it's a bad organization if they keep Adam Gase on this next year. Yeah, for sure. This one ought to be interesting. Dolphins, Broncos, but I don't think Drew Locke's going to play. I think he's questionable. He might play, but I doubt it. So who do you got? I mean, I'm going. I'm going Dolphins. They've won five straight. Two is playing. You know, he's not. He's not lighting up the stat sheet like Justin Herbert is, uh, but he's lighting up the win column, unlike Justin Herbert. Uh, so, I mean, he, he's three and zero as a starter, the Broncos are likely without drew lock. So I just, I just don't think they're going to be able to, to produce enough points and enough plays to keep up with the dolphins as crazy as that sounds. Yeah. By the way, let's talk about Justin Herbert's haircut. I don't know if you saw it yet. No. Uh, he just got his head buzzed today. Boy, he looks like he's 12. It's uh, ridiculous. That was a mistake. Uh, he, yeah. He went from long hair, kind of looking a little bit older to he literally looks like a teenager. It's kind of kind of scary, but no, I'm gonna take the Dolphins in this one too, um, with or without Drew Lock. Honestly, I think the Dolphins have enough offensive firepower to get this done, and and the Broncos' offense just can't do much. And we've we've said too that this year the Dolphins have a really good secondary. Yep. And uh, <laughs> Drew Lock likes to throw to those guys, so I don't think it's gonna be that close. I think the Dolphins win this one. Yeah, Drew Lock loves to share the ball. Uh, yeah, he does. Even, even not stingy team. with it. Yeah, even with the other team. <laughs> How about Cowboys coming off the bye week? Andy Dalton coming back, taking on the Vikings. Dalvin Cook. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Cowboys. Um, I, I like I I'll be honest. <laughs> I, I like how. Um, how Minnesota's playing recently. I love that Dalvin Cook's playing really well. 
Um, their defense has picked up a little bit. Drew Cut or sorry, almost said Drew, you Drew Cutler. Yeah, wow. Drew, Drew Cousins. Uh, oh, Kirk Cousins. Yeah, yeah. So Kirk Cousins. I mean, he's he's doing what he needs to do. Um, they're kind of again, they're protecting him from himself. Um, he finally won that that elusive Monday night game. Finally, um, I think what he was zero and eight or zero and nine going in this last week. Yep. Um, so he finally, you know, he's got that, you know, got that monkey off his back essentially. Um, so I like how they're playing, but I also, I mentioned earlier, I like how the Cowboys defense is playing. Uh, Andy Dalton's coming back. Um, as far as I, I know, he's, he's, uh, the starting quarterback going into this week. I don't think they're going with Gilbert again. Um, I mean, he's had some time off. He's had some time to get used to that offense again. Um, and to get hopefully in, in better rhythm, they're coming off a bye week. So they've had two weeks to prepare for this game. So, um, I'm actually going to go with the Cowboys. Yeah, I actually would be tempted but I think I just like the way Dalvin Cook's playing. He didn't have a great game last game, but um, this dude, we talked about Alvin Kamara being MVP. This guy would have to be up there too if quarterbacks weren't in contention. So I like what Dalvin Cook's doing. I do think it's going to be a close game, though. I, I, I like the Cowboys' chances. And we talked about it uh, before we came on air here that the Cowboys are not out of this thing yet. I mean, yeah. they're literally two games back from being in first place. So yep. uh, it's, it's going to be interesting coming down the stretch here. Yeah, for sure. So this is going to be a really fun cross-conference matchup here. Packers and Colts, who do you got? Ooh, man, I'm, I'm going Colts. Um, again, I mean, it's kind of more about timing than anything, but it's... You dirty Philip Rivers loving mother. <laughs> yeah, closet, closet, closet Philip Rivers fan. I, <laughs> I secretly still have a, a, a powder blue uh, Colts jersey of Rivers. I believe that, I believe that. <laughs> um, no, but I, I mean they've had a week and a half to prepare for the game. They just they just not only beat the Titans, but they just stomped the Titans, who are a very good team. Um, the Packers just came out, or you know they're coming off a game where they struggled to beat the Jaguars. Um, so I just I mean the the that Colts defense, um, and if if they can get Philip Rivers to play like he did this last week, I just, I just don't see the the Packers being able to being able to beat them. I'm gonna go Packers here mainly because I think kind of like we talked about. Uh, Tom Brady, they bounce back fairly well. I don't think the Packers underperforming this last week is really a, a sign of how good this team actually is. It could very easily be that Aaron Rodgers comes out with those four touchdowns this week. Yeah. Um, this Colts defense is really good, but I think that the Packers are going to pull one off. Okay. All right. Let's talk about this one here. Sunday night football. Chiefs-Raiders rematch. Chiefs' only loss comes to the Raiders earlier this season. Chiefs are going to Las Vegas. Who do you got? Don't you dare do it. <laughs> uh, victory lap number two. No. Uh, no. I mean, the, number one, we don't know for sure that this game's even going to be played, honestly. For sure. Uh, but assuming it is played, it seems like the Raiders will be without their entire starting defense going against the best offense in football. So um, with that being said, I mean, it, it'd be insane to to pick against the Chiefs, um, which is why I'm doing I'm just kidding. Uh I mean, you got. Oh, wow. I mean, if, if 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 they're without essentially again without their starting defense, I mean, we're talking the entire starting defense. It seems like is on uh, the COVID list, um, and going against Patrick Mahomes, you know, number one, Andy Reid's pissed off. He's gonna be he's pissed off about the the victory lap. Um, the Chiefs are mad that this is their only loss. It's a conference game. It's their or a, a division game. It's their first game in Las Vegas. Uh, I mean, they're gonna want to want to come out and make a statement and I, and without that defense there I I think they're going to win this one big. 
I think even if the Raiders are fully healthy, Chiefs win this one relatively easily. And the reason being, Andy Reid coming off a of bye week is uh, unlike anyone you've ever seen. He comes off bye weeks, he wins. He, he has time to prepare. Um, honestly, even though the Raiders blew out the Broncos, they did not look good. The, the defense, if you look at the picks, those were just really bad throws by Drew Locke. Um, the offense didn't really do much. I mean, I think the last couple of weeks with the Raiders, they haven't really looked that great. I think the Chiefs are going to come out and hurt them. And now that you put the uh, COVID stats out there, I don't think there's a chance. I think this one's going to be a runaway game here. Yep. So, I mean, you still got Henry Ruggs. You still got some of those guys that beat the Chiefs deep. But then the Chiefs team is a different team than they, they faced earlier this season, too. They've added Le'Veon Bell. And now I think they know if you try to do what they did last time, which was drop everyone back in coverage and only bring four, they're going to beat you running the football now. I think that's one of the reasons that they didn't beat the Raiders earlier. They still kept trying to pass it against that drop back defense. So uh, different Chiefs team. It's hard to beat any team twice in the league. I think it's really hard to beat an Andy Reid team twice in the same year. So I'm going to go Chiefs. Okay. And we did promise we'd talk about the Chiefs getting a 2019 first-round pick. Um, the story is DeAndre Baker for the Giants last year, first-round corner, comes in, has a little bit of a struggling year, but turned it around a little bit at the, the second half of the season. Um, goes in, gets arrested during the offseason for, what was it, armed robbery during a dice game yeah. and stealing people's Rolexes. His lawyer argued that it was an extortion case. It turns out it was extortion. The The lawyer got arrested for the opposing te- uh, not the opposing team, <laughs> football reference, um, the defendants, whatever they are, yep. I don't know the legal terms here. They got the lawyer got arrested for extortion. They were trying to get him to pay the the other people to do whatever they want to make their case go better. So they dismissed the case completely, no charges at all. Um, so he was free to sign with whoever he wants. So you're talking about a first round draft pick that typically would be locked to a team for five years, who's all of a sudden a complete free agent. Chiefs not only signed him, they signed him to a practice squad deal, which means he's making probably league minimum or somewhere around there. So yep. uh, how'd you like the signing? I mean, I, I now that his legal issues are behind him, it I it doesn't seem like he's facing any suspension. Um, I think just give him a few weeks to honestly get back into football shape. I'd say by week, you know, 13, 14, something like that. Um, I mean, he should be back in football shape by that point. Um, and you're getting, I mean, he was the 30th overall pick last year in 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, the kid's got, I mean, amazing talent and he's going to a place, um, with Andy Reed who, you know, Andy Reed, they don't have really a lot of divas. They don't really have a lot of anyone like that. I mean, and, and you know, the honey badger back there, uh, Matthew, I mean, he's gonna, he's gonna keep that guy in line, you know, the rest of the veterans on that team, if there is any sort of personality issues or off the field issues, those guys are going to keep him in line, honestly. Um, so from a talent perspective, I love it. Um, it's just a matter of, can he get in football shape fast enough? And, you know, or are his off the field issues behind him? Yeah. And I see this pick is, is honestly, it's one of those picks that we would have been mad that Bill Belichick would make years ago. Yeah. Because it's a it's really a great deal. Every team would love to have a first round talent corner just to have stashed on your roster. Yep. Uh, when you especially when you put how much they're paying in, which is not going to be much, the upside is huge and the risk is minimal. Because guess what? If he comes in and he's a, a locker room problem, they just cut him and it's yep. over. It's done and no big deal. They didn't lose draft picks. They didn't lose anything. So it's virtually no risk. 
the thing that this solidifies for me is come playoff time, COVID happens, all this stuff happens, injuries happen. He's going to be a really good uh, body in that secondary, which the Chiefs have been thin in all year long. So he's going to be a healthy body that has first-round talent ready to go around playoff time. Yeah, and and, and again, I think – from a safety standpoint, the Chiefs are are honestly pretty stacked. I think with with Thornhill and and Matthew and and uh, Dirty Dan, Dan. yeah, Dirty Dan Sorensen. Um, from safeties, I mean, honestly, I don't know if there's a better safety group in the NFL. Um, if we're completely honest, but their their cornerbacks are are fairly thin. I mean, Bashad Breland has his moments. Uh, you know, Chardavius Ward played really well last year. He's kind of struggled a little bit this year. Uh, I mean, they they they've got these guys that have their moments, but they're not great at that position so if you can bring in someone that you know again we talked about baker played really well in the second half last year so if he can get into shape and and get ready and and be ready by you know here in two three four weeks um and then be able to play a few regular season games to get his legs back under him in terms of actual game action and be ready to go for the playoffs i think this could be a huge signing and like you said if he comes in and he can't get in shape or he's a locker room issue or or he's just not clicking with the team then they they're not really losing anything. Yeah, they can just they don't even have to they could just not elevate him from the practice squad. I mean, yeah. And someone else can sign him whatever. Um but the good thing that I'm also seeing out of the Chiefs secondary is the first 4 weeks they didn't have Breland. Breland's actually come in. He's one of the top 10 corners in the league right now according to Pro Football Focus just on completion um percentage. Yeah. So he's doing a really good job after coming back from suspension. Obviously, Traverius Ward has he's playing with a club. He's still making some plays. He's he gives up a couple things, but he's he's playing solid. This week we're getting Legarius Sneed back. He's the rookie that played really well to start the season off, had a couple picks right off the bat. He yep. broke his collarbone. He's coming back this week. So uh it could be a case of Chief Secondary getting healthy and adding pieces at the right time to where it's gonna be really strong going down the the stretch here. Yeah, and and, and this is one of those those things where you see, I mean, you see it in baseball, you see it in uh, the NBA, you see it in the NFL, NHL, all this stuff where, uh, you know, these, these constant contenders, I mean, teams are willing to take a pay cut. Teams are willing to, or, or players are willing to take a pay cut or players are willing to work around uh, and take less money or, or take a lesser role just to be on those teams. We see that with the Le'Veon Bell. We see that now with the DeAndre Baker. Um, we've seen that with the Patriots over the last two decades. Um, you go to the NBA, you see it with teams, you know, guys going to the Lakers this year um, or guys going to other teams over, you know, throughout the years and that, and same thing with baseball. So, uh, I mean, it's one of those things when you get to the top, it's, you know, one reason it's, it's honestly not hard to stay at the top, uh, because these guys are willing to make deals like this and these, you know, guys are willing to come here and they're, you know, Andy Reid's able to go through it and kind of pick and choose who he wants really. Um, and, and so, it, I mean, it, this is kind of one of the perks of being good. <laughs> I remember it. And I know Mike would remember this too, but years and years and years ago when the chiefs were not good, mm-hmm. we would always get excited talking about free agency. Cause there'd be all these big name free agents. Oh, they'd be perfect fit for the chiefs. Yep. Chiefs would never get them. <laughs> because they weren't not only were they not good they didn't have any big time personalities like Mahomes. Yeah. Um I he- I heard a person saying on the internet to- this week that Mahomes is to the Chiefs what LeBron is to the Lakers right now. People yep. want to go play with a guy that they know has the best chance to win a championship. Yep. And they're willing to not be the center of attention to do that. I mean look at honestly look at what's happened with Le'Veon Bell. Yep. He he's on the Steelers, wants paid, goes to the Jets, 
he's uh, bitching and complaining because he's not getting utilized enough. So they trade him to the Chiefs. He's got like 10 carries, and he's not making a sound. He's totally happy. Yep. Part of that's because he knows he can just ride the bench and, and potentially win a Super Bowl too. But yeah. he also knows that he is no longer the star of that team. He was the star of the Jets. And, and honestly, he was the star of the Steelers back then. Yep. He's not the star of the Chiefs. He's a he's a supporting cast for Mahomes, and and people are okay with that when you've got a guy like Mahomes who's potentially one of the best to do it. So, um, yeah, it's it's almost surreal being a Chief because or a Chiefs fan, sorry, because as soon as I saw DeAndre Baker legal issues dropped, I think I texted you guys said, "Hey, legal issues dropped. Chiefs need to get him," and he did. They did get him. Yeah, and 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 again, it's like these guys are willing instead of being. Uh, and s- instead of being the piece on the team, they want to be a piece on the team, you know, exactly. um, they don't need to be, you know, the, the, they don't need to be the spotlight. Uh, they, you know, and again, you see that again, you see that with people willing to do that with LeBron James, or you see that, you know, the Yankees are able to do that a lot of times where, you know, now like the Yankees will go out and sign guys to massive contracts, but then they also get all these, these veteran guys that have their specialties, you know, where it's you know, not necessarily a huge contract, but they, you know, Hey, we need this. And this guy's willing to take a huge pay cut because he just wants to come play for a contender. And, and, uh, I mean, it ha- it's, again, it's one of those perks of winning and, yeah, and even like Terrell Suggs last year. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Comes in there. He still has a little bit left in the tank and he goes in there and gets a Super Bowl ring with him. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, and, and it's, it's, again, it's a, it's a perk of winning and it's, I think it's not only just a perk of winning. I think it's the perk of having someone like a, a Patrick Mahomes or having someone like a LeBron James in the NBA or, you know, guys like that, where you, you know, that um, even, even if you don't win the championship that year, you're going to, at least you have an opportunity. Like, you know, right. the chiefs are always going to be contenders with, with Mahomes at the moment, at least, uh, and the, you know, whatever team LeBron James is on, they're always contenders. You know, even if they don't win the championship, you, you have a really, it more than more often than not, you at least make the championship and you give yourself that opportunity. Uh, and, and guys are willing to take less to get to that. Yeah, and speaking of Chiefs signings, they also signed Andy Reid and Brett Veach to five-year extensions this week. So that's also, we talk about teams like the Bills, where they're starting to get some uh, consistency in the coaching, and you can see what's happening. It's starting to turn the tide, and the team's starting to get better. These teams with consistency, uh, we're going to be heading into over a decade with, with Andy Reid at the helm, so got to love that too. Yeah, but then you also see teams like Dallas who – have consistent coaches <laughs> and, then, and then they're trash. So um, next argument, I think this is a bad signing. Move on. I can't, I can't wait till Adam Gase's tenth year with the Jets. It's gonna be nice. Oh, I can't. <laughs> I can't. I can't wait till till Dallas fires McCarthy and then hires Adam Gase. <laughs> oh yeah, that's coming. All right, let's take a look at our last game here. A really great Monday Night Football game: Rams at the Bucks. Who do you got? Uh, I mean, I'm going the Bucks. Um, I, I love what the Rams are doing. Obviously, they got Aaron Donald. Um, they're running the ball pretty well. They got some good receivers, good secondary. Um, I don't know if they, are they leading the NFC West or are they second? I mean, they're tied with with two other teams, so it doesn't really matter. They are second, yeah. Um, Technically, yeah. But I mean, it's like I love what they're doing. Um, but it's the Buccaneers, and and we keep seeing this where they have that one bad game, but then they reel off two or three dominant wins in a row, and then they have another bad game. So um, I I think this is going to continue. I think they're going to – honestly, I kind of think they dominate the Rams. Wow. I'm going to go Rams, and I'll tell you why. Idiot. Look at what happened happened to Tom Brady versus Khalil Mack. 
he fell apart. Anytime he goes against a super great pass rusher, he has issues. Well, Aaron Donald is the best of them all, honestly. So I think he's going to give Brady fits. I think if they're going to win this game, it's going to have to be on the the on Jones and and Fournette in the backfield to get this thing done. Okay. So I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go Rams by touchdown. All right. And I'm always right. One of these days we should probably tally these up. Yeah. <laughs> we'll <get> back, <laughs> back up again. Maybe for that. Yeah, we have to. So let's take a look at the NFL standings here. We talked a little bit about it. Nine teams in the AFC have six wins or better. That's an NFL record. So when you look at teams with six wins right now, they're the Dolphins, the Raiders, the Ravens, the Browns, the Colts, and the Titans. Two of those are probably not going to make the playoffs. How crazy is that? Yeah, I mean, I'd say every few years we see this kind of scenario where a 10-win team misses out on the playoffs or, um, you know, or you have a couple 10-win teams miss out on the playoffs. Um, but then in the other conference, you know, you're probably going to have a 7-win team in the playoffs um, or maybe even a 9-win team. So a uh, little unfortunate, but, I mean, that's also, you know, that's, that's part of the game, honestly. Um, it's kind of an unfortunate part, but it is a part. And, um, I mean, even looking at the NFC though, um, the NFC West, they have three, six win teams alone. Um, the, the NFC South has two, seven win teams. So you got the Packers in the North with seven wins. Um, and then you got the Eagles with three. Um, but I mean, there, there, there's a lot <laughs> I can't of, even help but laugh. Yeah. I mean, there, there's a lot of, uh, I, I mean, honestly, a lot of great things going on in football. And I think this is a very, um, I'd, I'd say there to me, there's no clear cut. Uh, there's no clear cut number one team in the NFC for sure. Um, you know, I think the Packers on any, you know, I think on most Sundays um, could be a favorite. I think the Buccaneers could be a favorite. I think the Saints, if Drew Brees is healthy, could be a favorite. Um, but then you have the NFC West out there who's just kind of beating themselves up a little bit. Um, so it's, you know, whoever makes it out of there, will they have enough left to, to really challenge one of those teams. Um, they have the talent, but will they have enough left? Cause they're just going to kind of beat each other up, honestly. Um, so I think the NFC, I mean, it's really up for grabs. The AFC is a little, you know, despite having all these really great teams, I, I think at the moment, honestly, it's the chiefs and, and Steelers are the two um, to contend with at, at the moment. I think the chiefs have the edge despite having one loss and the Steelers being undefeated. Um, if you look at the Steelers, they don't really, you know, they've beat the Cowboys and, you know, who they, what the Cowboys, the Eagles, the Broncos, uh, the Bengals, what, twice now? I think they beat the Bengals yeah. twice now. Um, I think they beat the Giants. Yeah. Um, I mean, so they're like, they're not really beat, like they're winning, but they're not really playing great, great teams. So I think I'm not completely sold on the 9-0 and record, but they are 9-0. and So you have to give it to them and the Chiefs right now. Um, yeah. but, but then you also have those teams right behind them, like the Bills, the Colts, the Titans. You know, we saw the Titans make that great playoff run last year all the way to the AFC Championship that they nearly won um, a, a few plays here and there, and they could have won that game. Um, you have the the Dolphins who are surging. You have the Raiders who are, you know, the Raiders are on a three-game win streak right now. Um, um, you have the Colts who, I mean, they just demolished the Titans who we just talked about. Um, so you have all these teams that could potentially um, make a run in the in the playoffs. So, I mean, there's a lot of great things going on. Yeah, and, and as far as AFC goes, I'm with you on the, the Steelers are 9-0, but they are honestly the least scary of the AFC powerhouses to me because you're looking at, they barely squeaked out a win over the Broncos with Brett Rippon playing. Yeah. <laughs> and then they barely beat the Texans by a touchdown, who were terrible. Then they only beat 
the uh, Eagles by a touchdown. Yep. Who are terrible. They only kicked a field goal to beat the Titans. They barely beat the Ravens by less than a score. And then they barely squeaked one out over the Cowboys with Ben DiNucci starting. Yep. No, so, uh, Garrett Gilbert. Garrett Gilbert. Oh, did he start that one? Yeah, that was the Garrett Gilbert game. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's uh oh boy. So that's that's not uh, a real great sign for them. But obviously, like you said, they're not no. They've got a comfortable lead in their division. But the shocking thing to me is last year, uh, what was the Ravens record? Did they go fifteen and one last year? Or fourteen and two? Something something like that, yeah. Something like that. They're in their potential to not even be in the playoffs this year. Yep. They're tied with the Browns at second in their division at three games back. So they're not going to win the division probably. And if they lose one more game and then the Browns going down the stretch here, they're not going to be in the playoffs. I honestly don't think they will. Yeah. Which is crazy to think. But they got just another sign that they got to get things tightened up. But they're, you know, when you look at their points for, it's quite a bit lower than all these other six win teams, honestly. Yeah, but then, I mean, and, and even a couple things to look at, uh, or really, really one big thing in the the AFC, um, at least is is honestly you're you're looking at the AFC East, and it's like that. Despite having all these six win teams and all that, it's like the Patriots are still kind of lurking there, which kind of worries me a little bit um, because they're four and five. They're only two games back from these guys. They're on a two game winning streak, and it's Bill Belichick. I'm um, not saying they're going to make a run, but you know, anytime I, I hate seeing the Patriots just kind of lurking, um, like they're almost just waiting to pounce, um, and they're starting to get healthy. Um, they're starting to accept that they're a running team and that that Cam Newton's not going to throw for 300 yards a game. Um, and and so with them kind of lurking, that's something at least to kind of keep an eye on, especially if they are able to win this week. And, and you know, the Raiders presumably lose um, if the Titans lose this week, if the if the Ravens lose, you know, or if the, the Browns lose, you know, some of these six win teams are going to lose this week. And if the, yeah. the Patriots win and all of a sudden they're a game behind some of those teams then you're sitting there going, OK, well, shit, it could really happen. <laughs> yeah. I'm not too worried though. Without Tom Brady, that, that that's the part that scared me. I yeah. I just I have no faith that, like I said about Lamar Jackson, two minute drill. You put the ball in Cam Newton's hands. I ain't that scared either. <laughs> yeah, the teams I'm scared about, honestly, the Bills. They've got the talent. Yep. Um, the Raiders. I mean, the Raiders have great talent. They've already beat the Chiefs once. They've so it can be done. Uh, the Ravens. I I just don't know about the Ravens, honestly. Yeah, I mean, they're on paper they're one of the scarier teams in the NFL, but uh, the way they've been playing this season, maybe they're not that scary. Colts they could be real scary. Yep. So um, yeah, it's gonna be it's honestly gonna be great football looking down the stretch, and we'll take a look at this every week to kind of see where we're standing and how we think the playoffs are gonna shake up. Luckily, one additional team in the playoffs this year, so um, hopefully we don't get too many great teams being left out. And I still don't know what's going to happen with the Eagles, Giants, Washington football team and the Cowboys, but, uh, that's still wide open. Yeah. Well, I mean, we'll, we'll see. They're just kind of picking up <laughs> top of the playoffs, honestly. <laughs> yep. Anything else you're looking at this week? Uh, yeah. I mean, just kind of what I just mentioned a little bit ago. I mean, there, there are a lot of these six win teams in the AFC, but some of them are playing each other. Some of them are playing really good teams like the Raiders playing the chiefs. Um, so some of these teams are, are going to lose. I think that'll clear up this playoff picture, um, a little bit more. Um, and then kind of keeping in, you know, as, as sad as it is, keeping an eye on the NFC East, because, um, again, there's still, I mean, all these teams are still realistically in it, unfortunately, um, as much as I want to. 
Except for the Jets. They've been eliminated. Well, I, yeah. The, no, <laughs> just the NFC East, not the AFC East. Um, but, you know, as much as I kind of want to see the Cowboys lose the rest of the year and just get that great playoff or that great uh, – uh, draft pick, you know, they're at the, at the same time, they're also not, you know, they're really only a game and a half behind. Um, and they, they could make a run with, especially with the defense playing better. So it's, you know, part of me wants to see that happen. Part of me wants to see him keep losing. Um, so that's kind of something to, to keep an eye on and, and see if, if Russell Wilson can, can, uh, get back on his MVP, um, path, you know, or at least get back in the running. Cause right now I think he's out of it. Um, but we obviously saw what he did those first six or seven games of the year, um, where, you know, honestly, he was kind of the runaway MVP almost. So, um, can he get back to playing like that? Can Mahomes keep, uh, honestly pulling away in the MVP race, um, going against what could potentially be a depleted Raiders team. So, um, there's a lot to look forward to, a lot to watch. Absolutely. Why don't you tell them where else they can find us? Uh, as always, just check us out on gridironauthority.com. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Um, give us a like. Give us a subscribe. Um, tell us what you think. Leave us any comments. And, uh, yeah. All right. And I also won both my fantasy games this week, so it's a great week. And, How'd you do? And Nebraska won for you. So. Oh, that's also true. Yeah. Uh, I lost. Oh, what a great week. I lost both of mine. Um, exactly. Unfortunately, case uh, closed, rolled credits, <laughs> but I, I do have a pretty easy win in one of the leagues this week. I think I'm going against you. So that should be a gimme. <laughs> Ouch. That could very well be. We'll see. All right. We will see you guys next time.